0: You're listening to The Watling and Owen
1: Show. Hello, everybody, and welcome into The Watling and Owen Show here on a Tuesday. Kind of a weird day to be doing this show, but, you know, schedules move. We got to be flexible. I was going to say we have to be fluctuate, but that wouldn't really make sense. Uh, is fluctuate even a word? Flexible. No, I think I made it up. I like it. I mean, there's fluctuating, so I feel like, you know, you got to be fluctuate in this business. Um, But glad to be back. Didn't have a show last Thursday, but we're back here on a Tuesday and a lot to get into a lot to get into. Aaron Rodgers is maybe a New York Jet. Maybe not. Uh, Daniel Jones is a giant for the foreseeable future. The Yankees and the Mets both have some key injuries. And of course, March Madness starting technically tonight. Big game start on Thursday. We got the playing games tonight and tomorrow. So a lot to get into on the show. And we'll start with Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is reported yesterday by Trey Wingo that Aaron Rodgers to the Jets was a done deal. Um, but after that, mum was the word. Nothing from Schefter, nothing from Rap Sheet. Um, but then it comes out today that Diana Rossini uh, reports that Rodgers gave the Jets a wish list of free agency like, including Randall Cobb, Alan Lazard, Mercedes Lewis, Odell Beckham Jr. Alan Lazard was actually landed by the Jets, uh, as reported by Adam Schefter earlier today. I have mixed feelings, but one thing I will say is this is probably a good indication that Rodgers is coming to the Jets. I know he's been a bad guy in the past about certain things, but this would be an all-time villain move if he was like, sign all these guys, and
0: he's like, ah, you know what, I'm saying. So, like, Alan Lazard, regardless of Rodgers, is a nice piece to have. Like, he's a good wide receiver three. You have to imagine Corey Davis' time is, is nearing the end for the Jets. Maybe you could even trade him instead of cutting him just because of the... You know, the, the lack of receivers out there in this free agent class. But once you start bringing in, you know, Randall Cobb, Mercedes Lewis, even Odell, just because he's not in need, that's where I really start to worry if he's not a Jet. This is a really bad guy move. And I don't really want to talk about this anymore, Luke. I know we have to, but I'm just really sick of hearing about Aaron Rodgers because whether he's there or not, like, I just want it over with. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, no, I get that. And I think the one thing I will say is it kind of reminds me of like when NBA players go to teams and bring their friends with them. And it's just weird, though. I mean, you look at the 53 man roster and now it's like four or five of those guys are just like Aaron Rodgers dudes. I know Lazard, like you said, doesn't really qualify, but like Mercedes Lewis, man, like I get it. He's your guy. But like the last thing the Jets need right now is another tight end that's just going to take up a roster spot for no reason. Like, like I like. Like I like Lazard. Cobb is in that same boat. Like, like, what does that mean for Elijah Moore? Like, is it going to be like Lazard, Wilson and Cobb are your three primary guys? Or, you know, is Cobb just going to be a guy that just chills? Like, it's just, it's kind of weird. Like, I get it. You have your demands. You want the team to be good, but this is already a good team. Like, it's not like he's going to, you know, an Atlanta or a Houston that's really devoid of talent. Like, they already have talent offensively. They don't need to add Guys that he's comfortable with. I I get it. You know, you add Lazard, maybe you add Cobb, but to to keep the list going, like, down to Odell just doesn't make a lot of sense. But
0: also, like, let's be fair. This is a wish list. It's not a, these are my demands. If I don't get these guys, I'm I'm not coming. Maybe it is, and and it just hasn't been reported that way. But I don't know, man. Here's what I'd say, though. Listen, Aaron –
1: come here and then we'll get, we'll address those issues. But for now, you're not on our team. You don't dictate how we operate right now because right now, you're not on the Jets. Like You're making these demands before you even sign the dotted line to come to New York.
0: What if he is a Jet, though? What if he, they just haven't finalized or reported it yet because he wants to go somewhere and do it? Now, he wasn't on the Pat McAfee show today, which is unfortunate for that theory, right? The thought was, oh, maybe he'll show up on Tuesday, do the whole thing, bang, bang, boom, we're good. Maybe he is waiting for the, that other podcast that he was on. I, I don't know, but the fact that he was on MacBee today was was kind of telling and not in a good direction for the Jets. But also, like, doesn't Joe Douglas have an idea of what Rogers is thinking? Like, doesn't he kind of know so. where he lies? And if he's like not into it at all, you can kind of read the room and be like, okay, I'm not bringing in Randall Cobb. Like, I can try. You know, he could tell Raj, but not actually do it because you could say, oh, yeah, like we, we tried really hard. Like the money's not going to work or, you know, we like Denzel Mims more because if you bring in Randall Cobb, Denzel Mims is now your fifth receiver. Like and maybe even sixth if you keep a guy like um, like Corey Davis around. So where does he go? Right. Elijah Moore in the slot is a nice piece to have. And, and but is it redundant when you bring in Cobb and Lazard and, and then Odell? Definitely it is. So the the hope has to be that he's already committed to the Jets and he's just waiting to announce it. Now, if this doesn't happen, right? If Rodgers doesn't land with the Jets, is the only option they have Lamar Jackson? Is that the only guy that's remaining that can save this offseason for the Jets?
1: Yeah, I think so. I mean, the other names out there aren't appealing. And we talked about, you know, Jacoby Brissett a couple weeks ago or – maybe last week and I said, yeah, he's a fine player, but yeah, the way that this offseason season is, season has gone, you know, Derek Carr is gone. Jimmy G's gone. Even James Winston is staying in new Orleans for whatever reason. So yeah, it has to be Lamar. And I think to be honest, like I know the guaranteed money is scary. I know the injuries are scary, but I, I don't know why like a team like Washington hasn't jumped on the Lamar thing yet. A team like the jets, obviously if Aaron Rodgers doesn't go there, like I understand the guaranteed money is what's going to hold teams back The first-rounders don't really scare me. Like, you're giving up a first-rounder this year and next year. It's like, okay, maybe next year it could have been a great player. Like, this year you could have filled the gap. Like, I'd rather have a franchise quarterback than worry about the next two first-round picks. Well,
0: you know, this 13th overall pick is probably a lineman. And you say, okay, the line kind of stinks. You can work ways around it. Especially with, you know, with Lamar Jackson. Wow,
1: Matt. What? Breaking news here. Oh, boy. Oh, God. The... No, the New York Giants are trading for Darren Waller from the Raiders. Wow.
0: You had to break up my train of thought for, for Waller.
1: Darren Waller is a great piece. I mean, we talk about getting weapons for Daniel Jones, who just signed his new contract. That's a really good get for the Giants. And for the what are the Raiders doing? I, I don't really understand what they're doing. I know Foster Moreau is a good tight end, too, so maybe he'll just slide up and be good. But I, I like this for the Giants. They need weapons. Sure.
0: Yeah, it's it's nice. I mean, he's injured. What well, he's injured a lot last year. He's a nice piece. He's right. a great pass catcher. So I yeah I, I yeah I guess he needed a pass catcher, and and the the wide receivers weren't quite there this off season. So good good for the Giants.
1: Yeah, I mean, last year he only played nine games. The the year before that, only eleven. He had six hundred yards. But the two previous years, he went over eleven hundred yards. Uh, in both of them, in both 2019 2020. So if you if he can stay healthy, I mean, this is a legitimate weapon. Didn't for the they dying. just sign
0: him to a big contract too? I think so. A couple or a of big years extension. Ago. His current contract is um, three million or three years, fifty one million dollars, uh, guaranteed twenty two million, and this was signed in. Oh wow! wow. He'll be a free agent in twenty twenty seven. It says.
1: Yeah, he's got four more years. He's entering his age thirty. He's, he's a little bit older, I will say, say that. But also, he didn't really have a lot of miles on him until like 2020. I think he was he came in with the Ravens. He had some issues with with drugs and and things like that. He didn't really play a lot. But on the tires isn't as bad. But 11 will cap it for Darren Waller. No,
0: and I'm seeing there's a potential out uh, at the end of 2024. At the end of the season coming up, the dead cap hit would be. Um, okay, that that's not bad. The dead cap V's cut after this next season coming up would be just under half million, and then the next two years after that it's not as, it's lesser than that. So you can and get out of the deal pretty easily. It just depends on what you're giving up, right? Is this a cap dump for the Vegas? Third round pick. A third round pick? Yeah. I don't hate it. I mean it's a the guy that you overall pick. What was that?
1: The hundredth overall pick, which is the third I round. I don't hate
0: that. No, I like that because I, I guess it depends on the cap hit and what it stops you from doing in other facets. But it could be a one-year deal. Uh, yeah, I like it.
1: I like it too. And you know, we could do. Do we want to do a little more Rodgers? Or do we want to dive right into the Giants with this? Uh, with this news,
0: I think I'm good on the the Rodgers thing. The the one thing would be for for Lamar. Like that's got to be the move, but it just it doesn't seem like it's gonna happen. Right, like it doesn't seem. No,
1: it really does Like
0: the Jets are all in. The one positive a guy like Jacoby Brissett kind of brings is, in my really dumb brain, and you're gonna hate when I say this, is that if Brissett comes in as your quarterback or Rogers for that matter, a one to two year guy, you're letting Zach Wilson get a complete reset. And I don't know. We'll move on to the Giants. Sorry. We'll move on to the Giants now. All right. I'm just saying, like, if if you think you so you think there's no talent there. I don't even know what I'm asking. No. Like, you do think that you do no. think there's no talent there.
1: Stop asking me. I'll say the same thing every time. What if we what, if we, what, what if we trade for Sam chances. Darnold?
0: Bring him back from from the Niners. Oh man,
1: no, he's a, yeah, he's a Niner now. He'll probably be a Super Bowl champion by the Good. end of next year. He'll be the starting. quarterback. I hope he is. Somehow. and I hope he
0: dominates. That's all I have to say on that.
1: I mean, is sure, but a that's just another
0: that if the Jets don't land Rodgers, they draft a quarterback thirteen or trade up to draft a quarterback, or is that ship kind of gone? I literally
1: said that to you, like, last episode, well, and you basically told me to kick away. Well, rocks. I don't
0: want it, but the question was, is it going to happen?
1: I don't think it's going to happen, just because you look at the, you know, the teams ahead of them right now in the draft, and it's like, well, the Panthers, they said they might trade it again, but realistically, they should be picking a quarterback. Houston, I could see Houston going with a Will Anderson or a Jalen Carter, although Carter obviously got into some trouble, but I could see – Houston kicking the quarterback a year down the road, trying to really stink again and get a Caleb Williams. But, you know, the, the Colts will probably take a quarterback. And then the question is, yeah, I mean, they could trade up. The teams ahead of them right now that would maybe need a quarterback is maybe the Titans, maybe the Falcons, probably not the Raiders after the Jimmy G, and maybe the Seahawks. So those are the four teams because I think three quarterbacks will go in the first four picks, I think barring Houston doing something crazy. So if you want to move up for probably a will Levis that's there, but I don't know if the jets want that kind of a project, you know, for next year, it's
0: gotta be a guy that's more ready, which yeah, it doesn't seem like there is one.
1: I think shroud and, and young are, steep, well, you think young, ready stinks, so why would I want him? I think he's short think he's and I think he's not going to think he's a, a no, bad I, quarterback. Again, you're, you're twisting my words. I said, he'll be fine. I don't think he's gonna be great. That's what I said. But
0: it isn't fine. Just the nice way of saying bad. Well, he can be like, who's a fine quarterback in the NFL to you? Dak Prescott.
1: Dak Prescott's a Have fine. Have you seen quarterback.
0: the, uh, the stories or the, the, the rumblings that the jets could move for either Kirk cousins or, uh, or, uh, Matt Stafford. If Rogers doesn't get done.
1: I did see Stafford could be an option. Um, I worry about Stafford, though. You talk about Lamar injuries, like that back injury, like people were saying it could have ended his career. That does worry me a little bit. I know he's coming back. The Rams are in a weird spot. I guess I wouldn't hate it, but that does worry me a little bit. I think that
0: would have to be like a third-round pick kind of thing. Like I can't give him my first for Stafford. It's got to be a third, and if you win the Super Bowl, hell, you can have a a first-round pick the next year kind of thing. Because you it's and yeah, back no. injuries are degenerative usually. Like those aren't gonna get better. They only get worse. So I I don't hate it if you can if it's a cheap deal and you miss out on Rodgers. And and frankly, I think this Jets team is on par with what the you know Rams were when they won their Super Bowl. So it would kind of just be, hey, can Matt Stafford catch lightning in a bottle again?
1: Yeah, and I I think I'm good on Kirk Cousins. I think I'm good on Kirk Cousins.
0: Yeah, all right. I
1: mean he makes him a better team. I I think they're I think if they have Kirk Cousins, they could maybe win a round of the playoffs last year. Because like as much as the memes are there, like the, the Vikings defense was terrible. That was the real kind of you know thorn in their side last year. If you have a good defense in the Jets, you know, Garrett Wilson is a great weapon. He's not Justin Jefferson yet, be. but he's you know, he's on a, a crazy trajectory right now. So I think Kirk on the Jets Fine. They they're definitely a better team, than their playoff team, but it's definitely a, a couple steps behind an Aaron Rodgers or possibly Lamar Jackson.
0: Yeah, I agree.
1: Uh we'll move on to the Giants. So Daniel Jones last week at the buzzer, four-year, $160 million a year deal, $82 million guaranteed, up to $35 million also in incentives. Um he's now seventh among quarterbacks in salary at $40 million a year. But I don't I don't really care about that. I care about the cap it. Now Next year, he's only going to be a $21 million cap it. So you like that a lot. 2024, it's going to be 45 mil. 2025 is going to be 39 mil. And then 2026 is 56 mil, which as you noted in our notes, you'll probably rework it there. Like the bills just reworked Josh Allen and Von Miller to clear up like 30 mil, which is like, that's how I know like these things are, it's crazy. Like we're like speculating, all oh, this team has no cap space. It's like, oh yeah, now they just have $30 million to play with, but from a numbers perspective, what do you think about the deal? I, I
0: don't hate it. it. It's again, like it's 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 all about the cap. It to me, and like I, I texted in our in our group chat, what's the deal going on here with that? And you know, Pat was like, why do you care? Like, why does this matter? And it, it matters because ultimately, you could pay the guy a billion dollars, and as long as it's a low number on the cap, that's all I care about. And exactly. I don't hate it. Like, I think it's fine. Like you like what he can do. I like the number against the cap and it leaves enough flexibility for this season to make some moves you need to move make. Right. You're bringing in a Darren Waller. You're able to bring in, um, Bobby. Okay. 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 I got it. I, I wrote out the, <laughs> uh, the pronunciation too in the doc and I almost messed it up anyway, but like you're bringing in nice pieces. And if you can do that and you can hopefully get Barkley to a longer term deal, which it, it sounds like he might accept the 13 million average annual value that they were offering, you know, leading up to the franchise tag because it's a lot more money than 10 million for one year, then it's a nice move, right? Like it all, it matters is how you can build around this guy. And right now they're adding some nice pieces around him and, and it's fine to me. Like, is he a top seven quarterback in the NFL? No, but in two months from now or a year from now, when you know, Trevor Lawrence and Jalen Hurts and who's the other guy, Joe Burrow and Herbert are all making 45, 50 million. Like then it's a nice deal. And then I think you're fine.
1: Yeah. And the giants right now have the 25th pick in the first round. And I, I would like to see how this first round plays out. Cause if a lot of quarterbacks go early, then, you know, the edge guys go, then the offensive line goes like you could be sitting there in the 20s, maybe trade up a couple spots and getting a really good wide receiver there. Like there's been a lot of talk about this receiver class. Oh, it's not elite. There's not that guy. I think there's a lot of really f- nice pieces in there. So you could add through the draft. You could still go free agency. I mean, Odell's been a name that's out there. I know they're at his workout. People are impressed with that. I still think they need another receiver though. Like that is for sure. I, I know, you know, Hodgins was a nice story last year, and they re-signed Sterling Shepard and Slayton's fine, but I, I really would like to see them get still that alpha dog receiver. I mean, Waller's a great ad too. He can he can also create some space for you know a, an elite wide receiver one. But if they bring Saquon back to add a wide receiver one, they keep retooling the defense, like they're gonna be in an okay yeah, spot.
0: I, I might even add they need a wide receiver two as well. Because I, I like Hodgins, he's a nice piece but do you really like him as your? They,
1: the giants basically have a million wide receiver yeah. threes. That's their. which issue. I
0: guess if you bring in a, a, a number one, let's say you find a Garrett Wilson type in the draft, or you go out and trade for an AJ Brown type. Does that guy plus Waller plus the, you know, really nice number threes you have. Does that, is that a good enough room? Yeah, I think so. Cause I think, you know, in one game, I think, you know, Sterling Shepard could be a really nice wide receiver too. The next game, I think Darius Slayton, could be a nice wide receiver too. the game after that it could be you know Hodgins but so you don't really need a bona fide number two if you have that really good number one and the guys around them can step up and make plays but it just I don't feel comfortable saying okay let's say our wide receiver one goes down because you know injuries are going to happen and then it's like Hodgins Slayton and you know a a hobbled Sterling Shepard who frankly is probably only there to either lure Odell back or just to be like a mentor because he's, he's got a lot of injuries, the ACL, the Achilles, he's making just over a million dollars. Like he's not going to add much to this team other than being a really good locker room guy, which is what you need. But I I would definitely like to see them add at least one or two more pieces.
1: Yeah. He's a vibes guy and kind of wrap up. I, I think the Jones contract is fine. Like you said, I don't really care how much the giants are paying him. I care how much it's going to impact the rest of the roster. And I think for this year, it's going to be fine. I think, the next couple of years, it might get a little tight. But again, you can rework these things. You can restructure. You know, you look, he's the seventh, you know, highest paid technically. It's like, is he the seventh quarterback? No. could he That's be? just how it works. He was maybe. It could be. We'll see. I mean, I'll say this. Like, I do think with this money, there is an added pressure, quote unquote. I don't think it's going to really matter too much because look. Brian Dable, Joe Shane, they're going to call their offense the same way that's going to win games. Like, Brian Dable isn't being like, oh, man, we're playing Daniel Jones 40 mil. We've got to throw the ball a million times. Like, I don't think that changes. But I do think that the way that people view Daniel Jones around the league is going to change. I think you're going to see a lot of people. And, look, I don't think Daniel Jones cares because he had a couple of rough years and people were clowning him. And he didn't care. But – If he has a rough game, you know, you're going to see people being like $40 million for this guy. Like you're going to see those things. Right.
0: So let me ask you with like, with the salary, you know, reworking the contract with, with the bills, for example, do they lose that money or is it just like, do they still have it and it's converted into a signing bonus and like extended years? Like how does does that still have the money? What was the players still get that money?
1: Oh, the players still get the money. It's, I think it's usually converted into either a signing bonus or like a payment down the road plan. I'm pretty sure. Okay.
0: Because I'm I'm sitting here um, just wondering, like, do players just lose all that money, or is it just no, no, okay. no? I don't think they'd be like, hey, yeah, like
1: that's cool. Um, let's see. I, I'll I'll try to dig that up for you because the the Buffalo News wrote an article about how okay. they. Let's do you, yeah, so, you want to go
0: to um? Do you want do you have that now, or do you want to get to that? Yeah. Later
1: so they they converted uh Josh Allen's salary into a signing bonus that gets prorated over five years, and then they converted thirteen million dollars of uh, Von Miller's salary into a signing bonus that also stretches over five years. So that's pretty much what they do. They're like, here, we'll just give you this money now so that we have more. And then
0: they do it over forward. five years, so they're adding more y- years to the deal.
1: Or adding more money to the years down the road, yeah. Okay, gotcha. Because Von Miller still has, I think, four years left. Is it four? I like thought it was a three-year deal. I think it was a, f- I think it was a six-year I deal. I a four-year deal. No, they signed him to like a ridiculous deal because uh they had to i guess um yeah he's he's under contract until uh the end of 2027 yeah, yeah. i'm sure there's an out though
0: somewhere along that when the guarantees but yeah out. so that that's how they do it um do you want to get into What's the tremaine that? edmonds signing or do you want to wait for that until odd rush and we could talk about it. we are
1: talking about the bills right now yeah. um tremaine edmonds four years 72 million dollar deal with the bears um that's a big contract um I was under the impression he was going to be gone. I Again, I said him and Poyer. I, Poyer was gone. Tremaine, I said, maybe they'll bring him back. I like Tremaine Edmonds. I don't know if I'm comfortable giving an inside linebacker the contract that the Bears gave him. Um, he got better in coverage as the years went on. He's a great tackler. He's a great run stopper. He's hard-nosed. He's smart. He runs the defense. I like him a lot. But it was going to be between him and Milano. Edmonds has been more healthy. I think Milano's the better player. Um, and I just... The linebackers are out there right now that are floating around. I'm, I'm okay with bringing, bringing in – like, I don't see him being an elite, elite linebacker. He is the captain. One of the captains is the defense, which does hurt. We'll see how that kind of communication – I'm surprised
0: that he left. Yeah, and when I look at this team, it's kind of just about – maybe the defense doesn't need to be as good, but it needs to be schemed a little bit differently, right? And maybe those linebackers don't need to be as elite as they were because it wasn't really working, you know, come playoff time. Right. Like, yeah, they were winning games in the regular season, but they didn't do it in the, in the postseason as much. So it's, it's things. But like you said, Luke, if you're expecting him to go, then it's it's understandable and you can pivot to where you need to be.
1: Yeah. And there's still some good options out there. Like, you know, Deion Jones is a free agent, Zach Cunningham, Levante David's a name I've seen a few times. He's a little bit older, but I wouldn't hate that the Bills took a chance at him. You know, Devin Bush is a free agent out of Pittsburgh. Like, there's still some guys out there that they can add and, and still be. is going to take a step back, and I think that kind of puts a lot of pressure on both sides of the ball for sure, because offensively, if you know your defense, which is, you know, gun at every play, don't, don't. Run the clock. You kind of have to change your philosophy offensively if your defense struggles. So
0: that's going to be an adjustment the Bills have to make. You know, I would love to go back to the uh, the Jets. Hopefully, who's that? Quan Alexander.
1: You miss him?
0: He's, he's he was great this past year. He was awesome. He was a, a nice cheap piece. Is he still a free agent? Yeah, yeah. He signed a one-year, okay. one-million-dollar contract with the Jets, so he's a free agent available to either the Bills or the or the Jets or whoever. But that's a really nice piece that. Was really good tackler for the Jets this past season.
1: Yeah, sometimes you need those guys that aren't, you know, the flashiest players, but they just make the plays when you need them. So I, that, look, Tremaine Edmonds had a great career with the Bills. I'm not going to shortchange it. I just think for that money, it's just, I'd rather pivot and spend it elsewhere. I mean, to be honest, I'd rather have Poirier than him, but that's not going to happen, I don't think. Right. Poirier is probably just because of the safety position.
0: Is Poirier, Poirier is a safety? It's just become
1: more valuable. Oh, yeah. Cool.
0: I remember him as the Oswego call. legend.
1: Yeah, that's right. Um, let's do a little bit of baseball before the odd man rush. Some injuries in New York. Where have you heard that before? Harrison Bader, oblique injury. He's going to be out for opening day. Carlos Rodon is on the aisle with a forearm issue. Uh, looks like he'll probably miss that first series plus as well. Luce Tommy Canley, Nestor Cortez are also injured. So, arms are going to get injured for sure. But the the risk with the Rodon contract was he's had some issues with his arm before. He pitched through him last year, was able to put together a full season. But sometimes these injuries nag. We saw it with Montas. We now see it with Rodon. Tommy Kaneley's had arm issues. Trevino's had arm issues. Everyone's got arm issues for sure. But the depth of this team is going to be tested. And I think I'm more worried about the Bader injury than anything, to be honest, because I think that changes the outlook of the outfield. Like, either Aaron Judge has to play center, which – is fine, but that's a little bit more mileage that you don't really love. Or Aaron Hicks is going to have to play center, so I think that injury I'm more worried about. But if Cortez and uh, if Cortez and Rodon are out for opening day, that's your rotation short. I know you can go four for a little bit. They've got enough off days built in, but that depth is going to be challenged pretty pretty early.
0: It will, and it's it stinks. But again, like it's going to happen to every team, right? like this isn't a Yankee or just a Met issue. It's a, it's a baseball issue. And you know, like I just, it stinks. I don't know. Like it's,
1: I mean, if this was July, I'd probably be pretty Mm -hmm. concerned, but like, if it's like, okay, let's, let's not, let's not rush Rodon back for an April stretch here. Let's make sure he's ready. Like, Like, Severino seems to start strong every year and then get hurt in July. Like, that's what you don't want. Like, if it's early on, you can survive it.
0: Yeah, and and I think that's where I'm at with this. Like, it stinks. And and like you said, with Bader getting hurt, that's rough because your outfield was already pretty thin, right? Like, you can go with, you you know, your sixth and seventh starter in your rotation and be okay because they're not playing every day, right? In April, those two guys might get combined five starts, maybe, probably even less than that, whereas... With Bader, like you're missing him for the entire, you know, probably three weeks of the regular season. Well, now you're gonna have Hicks has to play, Cabrera has to play, you know, Stanton's gonna have to play more outfield early on in the season in in the cold weather where he's probably gonna feel a little more a little more frail, a little more brittle. And and those are the issues because it's it's just tough. And Bader's that guy you expect to help deepen your lineup, and without him, again, you're playing you got Glaber Torres batting fifth, you know, Donaldson batting fourth, and and you know, Luke, I'm sure you don't want that, and I know like. When you thin out that that lineup, it's gonna be tough for the Yankees to get some wins. But I don't know, man. Like when I look at this team, I just I can't be bothered worrying about them until like June, July, you know? Like once the trade deadline hits, I don't imagine they're gonna be ten, you know, six, even five games out of the out of first place. So I just I it stinks, but I just can't be super concerned about it. You know what I mean?
1: I yeah, I mean I agree, but I also think they need someone on this lineup to step up besides Aaron Judge. And I think having Harrison Bader for the full season would have been helpful. I mean, the jolt he gave in the postseason was huge. I just, again, I keep saying, it, I just, you can't expect Judge to have another crazy year like he did last year. Like Stan's going to have to have a good year, or, you know, Donaldson's going to have to figure himself out. DJ LeMahieu is going to be an X factor. That That's the thing. They just need one of those guys to step up, or maybe it's one of the young guys. You know, that's the big question right now. Who will be the opening day shortstop for the Yankees? You know, Peraza's struggled in spring training but he's also you know he's had a longer minor league track record than Anthony Volpe who's been crushing it so far hitting 321 in spring training but the issue is Volpe's not on the 40 man Peraza is you know Aaron Boone said that they're not going to make the decision solely based off that but you have to think in the back of their minds they're at least thinking you know it's it's an easier path to get Peraza there if we keep voting enough we get another another year of him I know it's not the 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 way teams do it but a business is a business and it wouldn't surprise me if that's at least in the back of their minds
0: i really hope it's not i think that 40 man is is the issue you know because if you don't bring both if i i yeah i don't know like i think that's the issue and i guess the tough part is what you have to cut a guy off the 40 man to bring somebody else in Uh, but like who's the like yoni Brito? like this guy's in the 40 like we can't cut him you know what i mean like I'm just looking. There's 40 dudes. You can't find one guy that doesn't need to be on it. Like, Ben Rortvet needs to be on your 40-man roster. I guess you want two catchers, but I don't know. Like, whoever, so, Pereira. I don't know who this dude is, and he's on the 40-man roster.
1: You know what I mean? Yeah. Basically, it's like the 40-man is just players that are eligible to play in the major leagues, right. essentially. So, like, the reason why vet's on there is because if they need a third catcher, they can easily bring him up from scranton Wilkesbury. Um, but yeah, no, I get, I get what you're saying for sure. And obviously IKF is the third option here. Um, I, so here's the thing. I'm falling in love with Anthony Volpe for sure. I think he's had an awesome camp. I don't put a ton of stock in the spring training just because it's against minor league pitching. But the reason I say it kind of is important for Volpe is because he has struggled against minor league pitching. Like this is the best he's looked at the plate in his minor league career. He wasn't great when he got called up to AAA last year. Granted, it wasn't a big sample size there, but Like I, to see him hitting well, I think is encouraging, but if the Yankees think he needs a little bit more time at triple A, I don't think it's a crazy thing. Like Peraza, I think will be okay. He he played a little bit in the, in the majors uh, this past season. I just think if it's IKF at short, it's, that's like the beginning of feeling like, Oh man, like this is going to be very similar to what happened last year.
0: Right. And you want to give whoever's your shortstop a long runway. If it's IKF or if it's, Volpe or Peraza you've got to give them the first month of the season because you remember like like guys are going to go through struggles it's early in the season it's cold it's disjointed so if Icaf starts the season batting 200 the fans be clamoring for Peraza and Volpe. but you've got to give whoever's your starter a little bit of runway so that they can get adjusted and, and you saw that with the Astros when they brought up the, their young kid to play shortstop he struggled for a decent part of the season but eventually he figured it out and you can't be meddling too much with this and not expect it to go really wrong.
1: Yeah. And Volpe wasn't terrible last year in the Myers two, Well, he hit two forty nine. you He did have 21 home runs, uh, 50 stolen bases, which is crazy. Um, I think the dream for this team is Peraza's your starting shortstop on opening day. And then Volpe, p- uh, plays well enough in triple a where at the deadline, you can move labor Torres for an impactful piece and then have them play second and short. I think that's the ultimate goal for this team. Or hopefully one of them can play third. You can lose Donaldson eventually. But for this season, I think that's kind of your best case scenario.
0: Right. And I think it's very telling what happens with whoever gets it and then where ICAF goes because the Dodgers need a shortstop. Like you could probably easily yeah. shed that $6 million contract and, and maybe even add a piece because ICAF's not bad. You know, when you have a lineup that like the Dodgers have and you have a really nice lineup with good pieces, he can be your, your six, seven, eight hitter and, and be okay. The issue with the Yankees is they don't have a deep enough lineup for him to not need to be impactful. And when that happens, like it'll be interesting to see because if he gets moved, then you're, you're committing a lot to the young group, right? It's very telling that they only gave him a one-year deal. But in that same vein, is he a guy that could replace Josh Donaldson next season? And maybe your infield is Rizzo, IKF, Volpe, Peraza next year. You trade Glaber like you said, and then DJ's just hanging around doing whatever he's got to do. So there's a lot of people yeah, different...
1: playing his one game a week. Yeah. Right. Or pl- filling in when guys sit out there one game, exactly. I should say. Um, quickly on the Mets, we won't dive into it. We'll go to Odd Man in a minute. But uh, Kodai Sanga, finger injury. Buck Walter says he could have pitched if it was a regular season game. Not too worried about that. But Jose Quintana, small stretch fract- fracture on his rib. Looks like he's going to miss possibly the uh, first half of the season, potentially, for the Mets. And this is where I do say. Maybe a little worried for the Mets because I don't think they have the depth that the Yankees have. We talked about it a couple weeks ago. They have the guns, but it's like, okay, Quintana's out. What if Scherzer's feeling banged up? What if Verlander's banged up? Like David Peterson, he's fine, but like I'd rather have Clark Schmidt or Domingo Herman. Like that's the issue with the Mets is the depth. If if this, if this Quintana's out, if Sanga somehow is a longer-term injury, if another guy gets hurt, that's where the issue would lie with the Mets.
0: And then it really hurts your bullpen because the Yankees had that deeper bullpen. You probably want Peterson and guys like that in your bullpen to be your long relievers to give you, you know, the seventh and eighth inning to to get to Diaz. And when you lose them to your starting rotation, it makes it that much tougher.
1: Yeah, exactly. And uh, you know, the young guys playing well: Brett Beatty, uh, Mauricio as well, Mark Vientos. Um, so the Mets have options. They're going to have some depth, I think, to their team. I know Beatty kind of struggled last year, but you know, Vientos is a name that's been floating around for a long time. And Mets fans have wanted to have him up. So if any of those got if anyone's struggling early or you know, those are just good pe- depth pieces
0: to have. I think. And hopefully they keep them and, and try to improve their farm system around them. Because there's been a lot of talk, oh trade Beatty or trade Mauricio because he's a shortstop and you're just locked up Lindor. You always gotta have, like those are good talented pieces to to give up on and to trade for expensive pieces. Like you don't win championships by trading all your good players. You win it by building youth and they're trying to build that youth in cost controlled assets. And, and those are three guys that are probably be in fact impactful and will be players. And you want to keep those guys around.
1: All right, Matt, I'll hand it over to you for some little odd man rush. Right.
0: One, a uh, brief NFL free agent update. We got to Tremaine Evans earlier, leaving the bills for the bears. Uh, Jacoby Myers, the undrafted free agent, third, three years, 33 million, 21 guaranteed to the Raiders. That's a really good contract for him. And I'm really surprised the Patriots couldn't match it because that's not unbearable to give up, and now the Patriots' wide receiver room is is barren beyond compare.
1: It's also very funny because he was the the lateral play was against the Raiders last year, yeah. So they they saw something in him. They're like, this guy helped us win games last year, so maybe he can help us win games this year. Um, I like to I like Jacoby Myers. I think he's a really good option to have. It's kind of weird now they don't have Waller, but they add Myers. They have obviously Devonte Adams, who's been posting cryptic things like. Is the biggest difference between Jimmy G and Derek Carr just that Jimmy G's played for McDaniel's and that he's handsome? Yeah, because like they're like, oh, we definitely don't want Carr, but like, yeah, we we'd love Jimmy G. I mean, he's a
0: little bit cheaper than what Carr was making. True. Maybe he's not. Maybe you're going to draft a quarterback and let him sit behind Jimmy G. What they've done this season, this offseason, makes no sense to me.
1: It, it doesn't make like, any sense. Like you could
0: sell me on Jimmy G for Carr. I I understand that. You could sell me – but you can't really sell me on trading Waller at $12 million per for Jacoby Myers, who plays – who's just not who, – who's redundant in a sense. Like, he's a nice piece. He's a good receiver to have. But if you're giving up Waller for Myers, I don't know if I really understand it.
1: Yeah, it's definitely weird. I don't really understand it either. I could – like, if they draft a quarterback, I think I get it. But if they're, if they're trying to win this year, it doesn't make a lot yeah, of sense. Yeah,
0: agreed, agreed. Uh, J.J. Starling, Luke, the Beville guy leaving Notre Dame for Syracuse, the first big get for Adrian Autry. It's exciting, right? Like that's a nice piece to have to, he was a, a top 15 top 20 recruit in last year's recruiting class. And he's super young. Like he's younger than some of the guys coming in this year. That'll be freshmen. So to have him for at least a year, a guy that's another, you know, projected first round pick, you've got him and Judah Minson. That's a nice backcourt for, for the orange.
1: Yeah, hopefully Mint stays. I mean, he was posting about it on Instagram, so that's probably a good sign. And I think there's a lot of talk about who's going to leave. And so far, the mum's the word. No one's really entered the portal. There's, I forget the number, it was like 163 guys hit the, hit the portal yesterday. I was looking, and that is insane. But the fact that Syracuse had a, a coaching change but still keeps the roster, I guess that is kind of a testament to. I guess keeping the, the coaching staff in the family can, can work out in, in good ways in the short term, at yeah, least. Nothing but
0: positive for the Orange as you bring in Starling back. They just need to find some three point shooting. Like, you've got to find a three point guy that can make an impact. You had it two years ago. You didn't really have it last year. And I think it really showed when you're, when you're down up, you know, 10 points, guys can come back in a heart if you can get hot at three point line.
1: Yeah. I mean, Benny Williams had a good tournament game against Wake. Chris Bell's got that ability. I think Judah Mintz is a better three-point shooter than he's gotten credit for. he like, just does not take as many stretch. as you kind of expect. Right, like Joe
0: Girard and and Boeheim will shoot up fifteen, you know, what seven, eight per game. Like you kind of need one of those sort of guys.
1: Yeah, for sure. I just think like Mints. I think he's closer to being a, a decent three-point shooter than people think. Just because, like you said, he didn't shoot a lot, but when he did, I mean, he was making them pretty consistently down the stretch.
0: Yeah. Uh, one thing that's a uh, a serious note, but in my opinion, a positive note, John Morant, according to ESPN sources, has entered a counseling program in Florida. This is important because, he, you know, he had that uh, statement a couple weeks ago. Uh, I need to go get help and work on learning better methods of dealing with my stress and overall well-being. You could say that, but then to have the courage and the ability to actually do it is really impressive for John Morant. And hopefully it's something that he can fix. And, and this is the first big step for it. So kudos to John Morant.
1: Yeah, I'm Grizzly Luke, so I'll be pulling for John Moran. You know, let's let's get things sorted by the playoffs.
0: No, nah, you're a bad guy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm glad he's getting help. I like John. I have his jersey. Like, I'm a fan, but the stuff obviously got a little bit out of control. The 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 sh- bad guy, Shrip was a bad guy. I'll say that. For posting that oh, picture. Oh, yeah, that was or tough. Dude he spent fifty G's and Where's you're it 50 out him like that? Yeah, it was fifty.
0: I didn't I didn't see that. Room.
1: Yeah, 50K, He John Morant spent that night. And it's like, the owner's like, "Yeah, hey, he's a great guy. He didn't drink. He just came into this business, he dropped 50K on us. It's like, So why, why are you, you why saying
0: it? Why, why are you bringing this out?
1: Yeah, now no one's going to come back to your establishment.
0: Bad guy. This is like the Aaron Rodgers dude that uh spoke about Aaron Rodgers uh, in the dark retreat. And he's like, yeah, like, he's gone. Yeah, bad he, guy. He's gone after a day and a half. Like, what are you doing here? Come on, man. Come on, man. <laughs> he quit. Uh, last story of Odd Man Rush Luke. March Madness is coming up, if you didn't know. We've got the top four or the first four today, right? That starts yep. today. Uh, the one seeds, Bama, Houston, Purdue, and Kansas. Purdue's a fraud. They're going to lose oh, in yeah. the first big time two forwards. rounds.
1: Yeah, you could see it in that Penn State game. Their guards are very young. Like, press them and they are screwed. You know, Edie's a beast. He's a big dude, but that doesn't win in March. When's the last time we saw a seven foot. Four to lead a team to a championship doesn't happen you need good guard play produce
0: he led UNC. unc didn't win never mind
1: it's a valid point but that run was fueled by love who was their point guard
0: like i get what you're saying but
1: if they don't have a good guard that can hit clutch threes they're not in a good spot like sure if enough. this if purdue had their team from a few years ago with zach edie they'd be a monster but they don't have those guards anymore Right,
0: right. Um, Any other major notes that you want to bring out? I know you're a big Marsh Madness guy. Obviously, no Rutgers was a big thing. They finished the year 2-6, although they beat Purdue
1: earlier in the season. A&M, people were mad about it. They were under I as a 7, but they were punished. They didn't play a non-conference schedule. They played great in SEC play, didn't play non-conference. That's how the cookie crumbled. I, I think this is going to be one of the crazier tournaments ever, and I think it's just going to get crazier. I think, one, because there's not – it's not top heavy. I think Alabama is definitely the favorite. They're the best team in here. But other than that, all the one seeds you can kind of poke a hole through. I mean, I guess Kansas, their hole right now is Bill self, which hopefully he's able to coach. Um, But these mid majors, man, they just keep getting better and better because of the transfer portal. Like you talk about it being a bad thing. Well, it's really good for these, some of these programs where guys at big schools that don't work out, Oral Roberts has snatched up a couple of those guys. I think they're a team to watch. I think you're going to see a lot of upsets. I think you're going to see some some higher-seeded teams make deep runs again like we saw last year.
0: Yeah, it'll be exciting. And, and I, I I like this year for Gonzaga. I know they're not as good as they want oh, to be. Oh, I do too. But...
1: I do. Too. Doesn't this
0: feel like the year, like not team of destiny, but like, doesn't this kind of feel like it's the year for them where no, I
1: can feel they've it. struggled. No one's they're talking not as about good, yeah.
0: but sometimes those teams that aren't as good end up winning it because they've been battle tested and, and kind of this year with the the madness of, of March, not a lot of great teams. It's a good chance for them. And hopefully they do for my bank account.
1: Yeah. And TCU in the second round was a really tough game for them. If TCU wins their first round game as well. So that'll be interesting. But if they get past that, UCLA is a good team. I like UCLA a lot because of the, you know, the Tiger Campbell and Hami Hawkes duo. It's been there for like 85 years at this point. But yeah, I think the teams to be on upset watching the first round just quickly here. I think that the in the south region, I think it is where where Alabama is. um, College of Charleston over San Diego State almost feels inevitable, but it almost feels too easy. But I like that. And then Furman against Virginia, I think is another one to keep an eye on. So those are the two I've circled. Drake against Miami, I guess, is one that I've seen because Miami's only like a two-and-a-half-point favorite, which is tough for me. I'll say this right now. My rooting interests are with Miami and Creighton. If they can get to the Final Four, I'll be a happy man. A little, little long shot there. I'm with That's you happy.
0: with Creighton. I think I got them in the in the 16 or the 8 or something. And then I got Duke to the Final Four and Duke winning it all, which I liked until everyone said, oh, yeah, Duke's going to go and run. I'm like, guys, shut up. Like, let me have this. Stop making this so so mainstream.
1: Oral Roberts is a tough matchup in Round 1. Love Oral Roberts. But, Bobby. yeah, I mean, Duke looks – yeah. Be- yeah. Um.
0: <laughs> that's it for Ob and Rush Luke if you wanna wrap things up.
1: <laughs> that's a show. Uh we'll be back. I don't know. Are we gonna be back this week? Who knows? Are
0: you asking me or are you to being be, a statement? To be determined. I'm asking. Oh, I, I work until you know, starting at four every day this week. So if you're around great, if not then uh tough then no. It's tough. I
1: get it. with owns show it is. We'll see you guys.
0: Later in the week. Maybe not. Maybe we'll see
1: you next week. Enjoy the madness. Wally and Owens. Thanks for hanging out with us. We'll see you next time.